Hello, Hive Nation, and welcome back to the Hive Nation podcast, where each week we bring you experts in leadership, coaching, and personal and professional development. Each week we bring a coach from the Hive Nation to share their expertise so you can grow personally and professionally. Now here's JB to introduce this week's guest. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Uh, so today we are joined by uh, Mr. Michael Horley. Uh, Michael is currently the Judo Saskatchewan High Performance Coach and has an incredible resume as both a judo athlete and coach. Uh, some of his career highlights are former British team member, uh, competed on the IGF Tour, uh, including the 2010 World Judo Championships, um, the Judo Scotland coach for three years, uh, Judo SAS coach for four years. Uh, uh, most recently, Michael actually accepted the uh, position for the National Welsh Judo Association uh, head coach is that yeah you? that's right yeah yeah that congratulations oh, for that thank that's, you that's, that's a, a pretty big feat yeah no it's an exciting 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 time for sure for sure yeah, yeah. Of, uh, big decisions to make in a short space of time but no it's good not, for you yeah, yeah that's that's a that's a big feather in your cap so yeah. uh, we have a obviously Michael has a great resume for anybody who's looking to uh, you know grow in and learn from somebody you know and Michael's a, a very young fella as well so uh, you know it can always be done right so uh, so I, I just want to get uh, I just want to get into it here a little bit Michael I, I, I've got some questions for you but first of all uh, you know what what really got you into judo like how did you get into judo it was actually my, my granda he um, he got me started so uh, he, he knew someone who did judo that I used to work with uh, like yeah, like many years ago, and then um, yeah, he was keen for me to find something, something to do, just to keep me, keep me out of trouble. Uh, so when I was nine years old, one day he asked, "Is oh, do you want to, do you want to judo try?" It's like really pretty random. So yeah, yeah, okay. And then uh, he phoned his friend up, and then he said, "I'll oh, bring him down to Carwell Judo Club on a Monday." So yeah, I went went down, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like I was really hooked from it. I was um, yeah, got to. They, they had me like show me a couple of techniques and then they had me um fighting with people um i think yeah, i was fighting someone i was fighting some girl i think she just let me throw her now but like i thought i'd thrown her so i was like oh yeah i'm good at this i'll keep so i showed up the next week and then yeah i just kept uh yeah kept, i was hooked for, from then on and yeah that's yeah that was it really that's awesome so um when you first like uh when they when that, that first lesson that you yeah. just described there um was it the uh, was it the ability to like just to, that you had the feeling that I really like this or was it more like a I liked the discipline of it and you know the you know the the whole thing around that you know how the uh, the disciplines yeah, are within judo yeah I think I think there's a lot of things it's very it's a very different sport to what I've done before like I played like football like. Yeah, like our, soccer. Our football. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so your your soccer might football, but uh, like very badly. Like it, it was terrible. <laughs> like it was, I was literally I was getting screamed at on the sidelines. I didn't understand understand the offside rule. Sure. So I was just like I was just a bit of a hindrance and a help on the team. And my dad was having to like go over. Like we had one particularly bad game, and I was like getting screamed at for like I don't, I don't know what I was doing. Just running around like a headless chicken. <laughs> my dad had like sit me down and like with like a like diagrams coming out explaining the offside rule like and I was yeah still on the wise and now but anyway <laughs> but then I guess team sports in that sense probably weren't my thing where it was judo I think I just enjoyed 
it's just a very unique sport. You have to like pick people up and throw them. Yeah. Like it's pretty mad, really, when you think that's that's a sport. But yeah, I just really, um, yeah, I just really enjoy that he took to it straight away. I think I just like the, yeah, it's just a good feeling when you when you throw something. It feels very fulfilling when you do that. So yeah. I did that and, um, yeah, just. I really, really like that side of it. I think it's more of an individual sport as well. Did your really granddad or did your family do it as well then? No, I was the no, first. No, you're the first. Okay, the, yeah. Break the mold. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know, I think that's very key as a, as a as a child today. You know, like you said that you know when you're nine years old. Yeah. Uh, I think you know if if more kids nine years old would get into a discipline sport like judo, you know, they, they might grow and, and learn a little faster. As life develops yeah I, feel, I think it's a good outlet as well because it, it can be for anyone like if you're a shy kid like i was a shy kid mm -hmm. sure like it's a it's a kind of outlet to like channel either it might be channeling yourself creatively because you have to find a way to win it's sure like, it's like we call it physical chess so it's like kind of like you know you have to find a way to win you have to find a way that suits your suits your body type suits your style it's things like that and i think also for maybe you're more aggressive Kid, maybe you've got some anger issues or something like that. Yeah. If you judo it, you help you channel it, channel it in a positive way, you know. So I think judo's helped a lot of people like that. And also, I know kids that my uh, I went to another club as, as well in, in Kendall as well. I know there's a couple of kids there who trained and had like autism. And like when they first started training, like they were hard to manage and stuff. That sure? time went on judo, uh, shaped them to like shy, timid, awkward kids. And there was one, one kid I know he. Yeah, he was like that, and then he went away on a trip. When as he got older, he's gone through the different classes, like the sports club for like six to eight year olds, the junior judo, and then he's gone on to when he was like I think he was in his like he's maybe like fourteen, fifteen. He's gone away on a trip to Sweden, with with the team, like he's one of the like one of the group then, and he's come yeah. back much more socially. Um, what's it? Much more so, yeah, just yeah, he's actually like he's getting the jokes and he's making jokes and he's making. That's awesome. He, he, he like making fun of people, and that yeah. just in a in a playful way. Of course, well, that wasn't happening before he went on that trip to Sweden. But, you know, so I think that's what the good thing about judo as well. People just accept you who you are, and sure. they don't like if yeah we're empathetic to people's uh, whatever um, kind of issues they may have. Disabilities, if you want yeah, to call that. But like, but you get treated you get treated in a way that helps you develop. We don't. We don't give you an excuse. You don't get it out. You still you're part of the group, and yeah. you, you still treat it the same as everyone else. But compassionate to what might be going on. But we're gonna we're not gonna wrap you in bubble wrap. We're gonna push it. That's our way of looking at it. We'll push it. Push you on to be the best. That was that was part of what I was gonna you know follow up with. That was the aggressive. You mentioned aggressive mm. versus shy. Yeah. Have you noticed if there's a uh, a pattern between people who are better or worse off at judo if you're shy or aggressive? I don't, I don't think so. Like I think it can, it can it, 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 strength can be a weakness. Like maybe if you're Agreed. shy and a bit reserved, maybe like I lack that. I like you might lack aggression when you need because you need some killer instinct. It's sure, it's a martial art, you know. But if you're so, if you're shy, maybe. Or like more reserved, maybe that's a better word. Reserved, maybe too too reserved. Um, then you're not going to be maybe be assertive enough in a competition. You'll lack the killer instinct, perhaps. But then that comes with time, I think. Okay. Like eventually, it's starting to click with me. It's like, so do you have to like coach that into some kids where it's like, okay, you might have to hurt somebody. You know what I mean? Like somebody might get hurt here, but at the same time, it's all in the in the act of competition. Yeah, I mean, never like 
directly yeah. said. We never want to like actually hurt hurt someone. We want to be. We want to win someone. Sure. You know. So in terms of developing that, it t- it takes time, but I think it kind of the best way to do it is you create an environment. Like if you're telling someone all the time, well, you need to be more aggressive. I think it's like getting ahead of us. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I'm too, like I'm too soft. I said no. You have to. We have to. It's like create an environment where they don't. They have to be aggressive. They don't really have a choice. So like sometimes. We'll be doing lots of sparring practice eventually. Like you see, you see every now and then, so it's a bit of a heated fight, and you see people recall, say, you see someone's eyes change, like, right, I've had enough of this, and then they start bringing it. It might last for 30 seconds or 10 seconds, and they're back to like, mm. you know, but maybe, um, but yeah, no, you t- I think you just create an environment where they have the opportunity for that. I mean, and there's things like the pressure training and things like that. When you're just under so much pressure, it just takes a lot of fighting spirit to get through get through a session or that particular part of a session and yeah and sometimes in competition you just end up because adrenaline's pumping it's, it's a war it's fight or flight so I think that can bring it out of people some people have that killer instinct more than others or some people have more aggressive some people might be more of an aggressive fighter so like any other sport I guess you want to call it that so repetitions kind of you know uh, obviously make you better at what you do within judo as well right so yeah. within repetitions can you uh, get some of that killer instinct out of a out of a, a shire kid? I think I mean sometimes I like you know like when we do a lot of uh, throwing practice, especially when we're using the crash mats, a nice soft landing if you're getting thrown or something yeah. like you can, you can bury your panel, put some venom into it. Like those are some of the coaching cues that that I use. You know, it's like. Say like when you want to like put someone through the floor, like right, like pretend you're doing a hook smash or whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever they watch nowadays. I don't know, but you try and relate to some sort of like hook smash or venom or like you're throwing a punch to. That's just an example of how we finish the throw. Mm-hmm. You have to use your hands to finish it off. Sure, it's a nice clean. Should sound like a nice crisp like bang when they get someone who gets thrown hard and yeah, fast how it should be done. Yeah, so if someone's just getting like. It's like a laboured technique and it's kind of like rolling onto the mat as a sign. They're not mm. putting that, it's not, they can do the technique pretty well, but they don't have that edge, they don't have that, that last bit of finish. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the unique part about judo that, you know, not to make, the, you know, bring light to hockey players, but you know, typically when I talk to my friends, you know, there's that hockey player archetype, right? Yeah. It, they all kind of fit one mold where in judo there's such a uniqueness, like Michael said, where you know, you have all these different people from all these different walks of life that approach it differently, but that's what makes judo so effective because my style is different than Michael's style is different than Jason's style. And because of that, you can build such dynamic teams and dynamic judo from it. And it, I think it challenges the coaches and the athletes to kind of look at things differently because it can't just be like, this worked, this won our championship last year, it's going to win a championship this year. You know, like team sports kind of do, where it's okay. Right, you know, Riley's cue is this. Michael's cue is this to kind of flick the switch. Just because they think it differently, you can't just go kill, kill, kill. Yeah, it yeah. works for everybody, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So when you're in in higher level competitions, uh, you know, for example, like you can look at uh, at videos when you're when you're preparing for a hockey team, for example. Yeah. Uh, do you have like that type of coaching cues where you can watch a video of your next competition and say, okay, well, he may be more uh, accustomed to, you know, doing this or that? Well, we can, we can, and with our team, quite a small team, so a good thing, like one of the benefits of that is 
that we kind of know the players like you know who they're going to be fighting so we can you can kind of put together a game plan like a specific game plan for each athlete but generally our philosophy is being like like you concentrate on what you can do like you start worrying about too much what the other okay. opponent does it can kind of dilute your judo a bit gotcha. that said as they get a bit older we have more specific game plans and stuff and things that especially they've lost to someone a couple of times it's like oh, maybe we need to like switch it up this. yeah switch it up mm-hmm. so yeah but for the most part it's like do your do your judo like we need to know like are they left or they right right yeah. so that determines the stance and how you're going to move uh, and how, you, how you're going to grip which is very important and sure. how and then maybe do they drop so there's going to be a change of level technique you need to be aware of aware of that they're kind of like the main things you need to be aware of so but then yeah like i say if someone's getting caught with a specific technique off too often then you have to look at a more specific game plan perhaps so very cool yeah. and to, to michael's point there too like we had a training camp not long ago uh and for the hive nation michael and i coached together uh, michael was a bit of a judo mentor to me um but we were at this provincial camp and there were some younger athletes and this this one individual he goes oh like Sensei, like, I keep getting caught with this one throw. And I said, well, why? And he went, what have you thought? He goes, well, I think I'm sitting on his hip too much. I said, exactly. So what do we need to do? Do your judo, which I think is a cue that most judo coaches use. Mm-hmm. Like, just focus on yours. You know your attack plan, your grip, your technique. And if you're sitting on your uh, opponent's hip, get out of there. Because you know what's coming. It's coming. That technique that you just got caught with four times, right? And it's just focusing on yeah, what we control, which translates to everything, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about it in sales all the time. Yeah. Yep. You can't control the markets. You can't control the price, but you control how you sell. Yeah. So uh, another question that I, I got asked this actually from a friend of mine. And uh, she said, you know, why or, or how would you uh, encourage kids or even adults for that matter to take judo? Well, I, I think we've covered some of that. Already, like talking about the way to channel, yeah, that's the key channel thing. things. Um, but I think, yeah, it's a good certainly, it's a good sport for uh, sport martial art for the developed discipline. I think it's from uh, you know, it's from, from Japan, so there's a lot of um, kind of what's it like customs. Like, we bow at the start of the session, the coaches and athletes they bow to each other, and it's like coaches showing respect to the athletes, athletes showing respect to the coach when you when we're doing uh, sparring practice afterwards it finishes with a bow and you shake hands and that's just you know you might have had like a terrible like absolute wall like, but then you still sportsmanship yeah you shake hands afterwards mm-hmm. and there's no hard feelings it's done you yep. left it all on the mat yep. um, I think an interesting thing about judo as well I was just thinking about this the other day it's a fact like it's a, one of the ways to score the main way to score in judo is throwing someone like hard and fast on the back which means if you get thrown, you have to you have to stand back up. So you're like knocked down. Yeah. You have to get up. It's very like, you know, it's metaphorical of like life, like because stuff, life kicks you down. Sometimes you have to keep standing up. Sure. So it's like that's that's judo. Yeah, you always have to stand back up. Yeah. It's ridiculous how many times you have to stand back up. Yeah. Even when you're just doing normal drilling, you're standing. The only time you stand up, have to stand up, get back on your feet like a hundred times or something within a session. You know, it's like yeah, I think that's. I think that subconsciously just makes you a tough person. It's like, right, I'm on the floor looking at the bloody lights yeah. again. Now yeah. I have to stand up. I mean, I comp- it's even worse than competition. Oh, the like, worst. Yeah, especially if it's first round. 
good grief. Yeah, that's <laughs> what you self-funded the trip. Spent a grand to get thrown on that. It's not, and then at high level, it's not. Um, it's not. Uh, it's just straight knockout, not compound knockout. So you could be sure. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. No, that's. But there always has to be a winner and a loser, yeah, right? There's, you know, yeah. Like, Exactly. I, I guess maybe losers may be a bad term, but you know, somebody has to move on and the other person doesn't. Right? It's a very humble sport because whenever you start getting cocky, you get thrown. Sure. Like you yeah. start, like, you know, it's just, it comes around quick. So you have oh, to yeah. learn to be humble. Like, it's, you might win someone in a competition, you might beat someone in a competition, and you can't take it for granted you're going to be them next time around because they're out to get you. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, like any sport, anybody can win on any day, but in judo, like, if you know, you go to YouTube and Google world championship highlights, like you'll see a world champion get thrown by a lower seed person just because they saw that split second open. Beautiful throw. Well, yeah, like when I beat you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Very, that that actually it. didn't happen. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's a very humble sport, I think. And obviously lots of strength and fitness benefits. For sure. And, but I think it's just nice to be able to do a fighting sport and go all out. Like if it was boxing, you, you can't really go all out because it's, it's too dangerous. For sure. it's throwing, we can, you, can, you can have a war pretty much as many hard sparring rounds as you like. Because it's short. It's, it's short. Pretty, it's very, relatively safe. If you did it on the street, that's a different story. If you threw someone flat on their back, they're not, yeah. they're not getting up. But like on the judo mats, people don't have to fall properly. It's just pretty safe. It's an intense but safe environment. So if I wanted to be on the WWE, I should yeah. take judo? Yeah, that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, you yeah. learn how to fall, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of like WWE fighters, it's funny you said, are former judoka and like sure. really high level. Or like, wrestling. You know, yeah. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Who's yeah. a USA team member. She was an Olympian, I believe. An Olympic bronze medalist. Yeah, Olympic yeah. bronze medalist. Yeah. Like, and there you go. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what is your drive yourself to coach judo, and uh, what age group do you do you coach first of all? Um, it's been mainly uh, kind of under under eighteens, so kind of ranges from around like thirteen to eighteen year okay. olds. Yeah. Um, also, like a couple of seniors that are maybe like more like semi retired now. Okay. But so I guess it's quite a broad spectrum of ages. So that's my main kind of weekly group I work with and then I also work with under 12s not as not as often but we okay. run novice camps I'll do yep. that I'll do a club visit I'll work with like the younger the younger group there um, but yeah predominantly under under 18. Nice so what what is your drive to to coach those kids like what what makes you tick? I well I, I like I love competition and that's something I get excited about and I, I really enjoy preparing athletes for competition and being with them in a, at competition or being whether it's being in a chair or showing from the spectator stand about not coaching them on that uh, on that fight but I really enjoy the yeah I like the adventure of the competition I think that's a good way to put it I mean I, I say I like it at the time like I don't sleep the night before like I very rarely sleep because I think it yeah it means uh I want, I want them to do well. You get you attached to the athletes over time. You want them to get the success they deserve. You know, especially they've been putting all the work in. You're like, I hope, yeah, so it gets a good result or a good performance. You know, I try not to get wrapped up too much in the, like the results. I, I think the the medal colors. It's more about 
good performance. They give the other good performance. Yep. Usually that correlates in a good to a, to a good a, result. Yeah, sure. Uh, the number, if you focus too much on the result, it puts a lot of pressure on and usually the performance dwindles. So I just try and always have a good performance. But I think, yeah, I just, I know that, yeah, I guess I know, I know I, I love coaching, so that's my drive. Like I love judo. I love, yeah, like I feel, it feels good to me, like help, helping people. I feel fulfilled doing that. Like whether it's, coaching is like problem solving as well so that would yeah. be like you can if you can kind of fix a problem and that's that's great and um i think as well from like a creative standpoint i mean you're, you're, you know i'll have a session plan like i had a session plan last night and then like last you know, 15 minutes i went over some uh, groundwork drills i went off on a bit of a tangent but you know but it's just nice just being able to like like yeah you just kind of go go down the rabbit hole and be like oh you, you do this you can try this and this and this and this and then just kind of it's nice being able to just, yeah, just I just love being on the mats coaching. That's my, uh, well, I love the sport, I love coaching. I yeah. That's kind of the gist of it. But like, I think com- competitive judo, that's what I um, really enjoy, just being at, traveling with the team, being at the competition and being there with them for the highs and lows. You know? Yeah. It's been, we've had some exciting times, like I think, like at Canada Games, we had a couple of like big, big performances where someone got a, a Ashton got a bronze bronze medal, and it was an exciting fight. You know, it's exciting contest. It's like, oh, and then also is the lows. You have like uh, had four, four fifth places. So that means they've just missed out on a bronze. So that means they might be on a great day. Then semi final, it's gone wrong. Now they have to fight for bronze, but then they lost that. That's it's soul destroying. That happened four times. Yeah, yeah. Over the course of a weekend, I've done that too many times. Hell, that's that's hard. Like that's a tough. But you know you're part. That's part of the journey. Like up, it's ups and downs. For so, sure, it's part of the journey. Yeah, so that's exciting, and, and I, I have like there's things I remember, like when um, you know, when uh, when Leanne became national champion uh, last year, that was, it was such an exciting final. Like I don't really think so much about the the medal, but the final was so exciting. It was just like it was a yeah intense environment. Mm-hmm. It was a crowd. It was um, she was fighting a girl from Quebec, and we're in Montreal, so the crowds very like incredibly loud and then i think uh, leanne was a score down well then she got the score back so now it's level and now it's in like and this is just a, i think it was like close to full time she gets the score back now it's level the crowd's like going going mad disputing the score <laughs> yeah there's definitely, yeah. definitely a score anyway um like and then it's golden score so next score wins and i'm like i was in uh, in the chat it's like oh you were not more nervous than she was yeah yeah, yeah. You know, try to like stay in your seat, and then she she got another score, and then the place erupted. It was just exciting, you know. I'll always remember that. And yeah. She fought, she fought like exceptionally well. So there's things like that, and there's other things where times where, you know, someone's been losing a contest, and then they like last three seconds they score, they win. Like they're down a score, like a down a big mm-hmm. score, and the last three seconds they score. I mean, it's exciting. I mean, like I tell them often when they do that because I'm like I'm going great. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, that, but. I like those are, those are examples of like the the excitement and um, stuff that I get, and then there's the lows as well, and that that's hard. And so like when sure. but there's a couple of just coaching a couple of girls, Matt Simon lost the bronze at Canada Games, and it just like the Canada Games are held every once every four years, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's like a mini Olympics, it's a mini Olympic cycle. There's a lot of hype going into it. A lot of these kids, they decide when they call them kids, they're young adults now, but like they. That's their goal from the age of like 13, 14, like Canada Games, and they go and then they lose on a, 
you know, I don't, you know, you don't know what to say. You're there for the lows, you know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, you know, that's hard. Yeah, like and then coming back from that, and then it's like the team competition the next day. Like that's that's hard, you know. Yeah. It's just like yeah. So it's ups and downs. It's an emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster. Physical and mental chess. I like what I you do. said about uh, being part of the solution because we say that mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and you know, in coaching, whether you're judo coaching or executive yeah. coaching or sales coaching or whatever mm-hmm. coaching, you know, that's part of it. That's what you plan on aim yeah. to do, right? Just yeah. to be part of the solution for whoever it is, whether it be a kid that's seven or an adult that's fifty. You know what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's very very cool. Very. Very interesting, you know, dynamics to into being a judo coach, and I'm sure you you live your life on the mat with him, even though you're sitting in the chair now, you yeah. know, and, and your athlete is out there. I'm sure you're playing every chest move as as they play it as well. Yeah, no, for sure, and, and as well, um, when you're coaching that site, uh, they they changed the rules uh, like a few years ago now, but like uh, we can actually only give feedback in between an exchange, so if there's a pause in the action oh okay we've only got like you know 10 seconds uh to give coaching feedback so it's like coaching Tourette's you've got 10 seconds to get your <laughs> like yeah like, uh, so they yeah 10 seconds to come back and then go again and you're like yeah you can't you can't see them yeah you get kicked out of the chair if you, uh, if you say something seat. yeah if you start doing it maybe you get like you get like a, a warning and then the second second or third time you get kicked out yeah so don't like punch out. your coaching card yeah you've got to they'll kick up. you off oh, you've got to, oh is that right yeah you've got to save your yeah. uh, I've, <laughs> I've just started sitting on the chair and i've already got a couple warnings yeah. <laughs> well it must be tough though right like you want to so you want to help your athlete and you, and you see that something that she or he yeah. should be doing and you want to blurt it out right yeah but, oh, and you can't exactly. yeah yeah, just wait. yeah or not standing up go like, yeah. oh, like just the excitement yeah. right yeah like, it's no, tough it is, it is hard you um, almost need a joystick, you know. Oh, you need, <laughs> need those people around. Need seat belts in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it, and I think that's like the perfect feed into something I want to ask you, Michael. And you know, I'm super fortunate. I get to talk with Michael and Chad Lissenberger, another mm-hmm. coach, uh, provincial coach, who just asks all the time and, and get their feedback on it. Um, you know, as a former high performance athlete at the top level. Now, how do you see the comparisons between athletic development moving into coaching development? Because there's, you know, it's still a pathway. Like we, as coaches, we need to develop our skills yeah. a little differently than athletes. But like, yeah. how do you see that? I think, yeah, I guess well, there's, a, there's a few similarities, but I think you have to have that the same passion and drive as an athlete. You have to bring that into your coaching, or you fall behind. So you have to be, you have to have that drive to keep uh, keep evolving. Um, so I think it's, yeah, you've got to take the, the effort and intensity you put into your training, you have to put that into your knowledge and skill development. So you have to mm-hmm. be looking at, you know, you have to be maybe, maybe you're on superstar judo, checking out videos to start up skill, keep up skilling yourself, keep learning, keep evolving, or you're at a coaching seminar, things like that. You have to have the desire to yeah, just keep keep striving to get to get better like you would as an athlete i think mm-hmm. that, i think that's that's the same and um man, i'm trying to think of, of other examples but there's a there's a there's a lot of similarities there um oh yeah well, nice i, I think i think one to. point to it that you know even i struggled with you know a lot of judo athletes there's there's come an end to our athletic career where 
you know, some jump right into coaching because mm-hmm. that's their natural, but some, like myself, you know, get hurt or whatever other life events happen and they get mad or they just need time away from the sport because yeah. they don't have that drive the same or like, you know, that transition can sometimes be rough totally. and, you know, it, having to get in the mindset. So like for coaches, you know, and like friends of yours that are now coaches that yeah. were teammates with you. Did you see differences in how they transition from being an athlete to being a coach? Yeah, I, I think, well, I think usually what, uh, what seems to be a common theme is like a lot of athletes have got like lofty goals of going to the Olympics or something like that. And then the, they get an injury or it's just not, they're just not getting the results. They're not, they're no longer on funding and it's mm-hmm. like, right, I can either become bankrupt or I can get a job. And then it's like, I think for, for me, I was like thrown into the deep end. Like I got, I'd been done like coaching at my club in Kendall while I was still um, competing, um, but then when I, I moved up to Edinburgh in Scotland, I was training uh, full time there, but I was also doing a bit of coaching as well. I was doing a bit of, like just odd stuff, like maybe I'd do a bit, of, do a couple of sessions with James Miller mm-hmm. within the week for his school's business or something, or you know little odd jobs like that would pop up, and then. Um, but yeah, and then I got off, I became the coach of Women Duo Scotland for three years. So then I was kind of thrown in, thrown in the deep end there. So I was like straight into a national program. Alongside that though, it was like a coaching apprenticeship. So yeah. like almost like an internship that Sports Scotland was doing. So it was an accelerated learning program, they called it. So it was basically like they were, you get, you get like a mentor and you do like, there was a cohort of different uh, different coaches from other sports that are just in the same boat as me mm-hmm. just finished competing and kind of straight into full-time coaching so on that you like have you know we'd have um what do you call it like they, they, they use a way together where we'd have different workshops yeah. and things like that like maybe other sports psychologists come in and all that so you have those kind of things and then but then there's other coaches who've gone gradually gone into it where they've maybe started at the club and then they've started doing a schools program and then after a year or so, that's starting to take off. And I go, oh, actually, I'll quit my full-time or part-time job and just coach judo full-time. So there's different ways people are... Mm. Different pathways. Yeah, for, for, for sure. Um, yeah, I was throwing in the deep end a wee bit. <laughs> mind, but, well, and, and I, think but that's, yeah. I think that's the other thing too, you know, just looking at the coaches that I've had and, and that I know within Judo Canada, you know, some were exactly that, finished their athletic career and the next day they're in the coach's chair. I, I had one of my main coaches growing up, Lori Wilshire, uh, she was still a competing, a competing senior athlete while she was coaching, which, uh, you know, looking back, I didn't think much on it, but now it's like, Matt, I don't know if I would be able to do that. Cause when I'm in, when I'm in athlete mode, personally, I'm like athletic mode. When I'm in coaching mode, all I care about is my athletes, but she was winning national gold medals like eight years in a row while coaching us to the same success. So she was doing both very successfully, yeah. which, you know, that's one person where other people can't. Or, you know, it's it's so interesting in the coaching development and how people view it and how people do it. And yeah. like I said, and like we were talking before, judo is so dynamic in that sense where there's so many different styles on each level. So that was, I was gonna ask you then too, Greg and, and Michael. So is speed or strength more beneficial in judo? You need you need both. You need, you need both. Yeah, because yeah, 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, it, and it's so variable. Like within different weight categories and divisions, like there's the lower categories are typically way faster, much more twitchy, but they're still exceedingly strong. When you get into plus, it's a little bit more, you know, explosive and strength. So it just varies. And what age group is this? Is the youngest seven? You told me. Is how young can you be to enter judo? Uh, different, so different clubs sometimes have different, uh, different rules. Um, like, yeah, but I think typically the starting age is around eight, eight years Seven, old. Eight. Okay. Put on geese. Like, there's pre judo they do sometimes where it's like gymnastics plus some break falls. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so talking with the coaching development, athletic development, you know, judo is an individual sport at the end of the day, right? Yeah. When we bow onto the mats, hajime, which means start for all the non judo people listening, uh, and it's fight. It's time to go. But how important is having a strong team in an individual setting? Like it, it, it's it's important, or maybe a, like it's a support. You need some kind of support network, and that gets more and more important the higher level the athlete becomes. I mean, to, I mean, initially you need as as a young athlete, say I'm a thirteen year old athlete, or whatever they need, they need you know a good coach, also need supportive parents like they're the ones probably paying for their judo and driving them around. Um, you know, and there's going to be volunteers in the club that are helping that club run, which, you know, helps the coach do a good job and helps, makes the kids want to keep coming back. And then as time goes on, it gets, I guess the support network gets bigger and bigger mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, like with, uh, say, like a 17-year-old or, or whatever, it's a bit different than maybe there's, maybe we've got, you've got your coach, you've got your, how many strength and conditioning coach as well I'm talking like using because I, I can't be everywhere right? yeah so we we use we outsource strength and conditioning mm-hmm. coaches for athletes and they, they do a good job so it's it's grand but we've got strength and conditioning um, so it's important that it's teamwork it's t- the coach athlete strength and conditioning coach working together maybe like at a higher level again it's coach athlete SNC coach physiotherapist because you can't have physio with this idea mm-hmm. over here snc coach thinking oh it's i don't know doing strongman training <laughs> yeah. at the wrong yeah. time of year like you know what i mean for it's, sure yeah, you know you have to periodize the plan it has to be on there and then as time goes on it's like you know at the higher level you get it's like maybe you need a physiologist this that you know like we I mean we needed a candidate games like we had someone had a bit of a mishap with their with their weight so we needed like the nutritionist involved as a matter of urgency oh, yeah. and she did a bloody good job because it wasn't looking good but I mean, he wouldn't be able to fight he was overweight yeah managed to sort it out yeah um you know and, but that without that support without the nutrition support at kind of the games for the like, SAS, there was that sport nutrition support we managed to make a plan and it was a short turnaround but this is the thing like you would have missed out well wow. for something you've been working for four years yeah you missed out you know so it's like there's that sense of team like a support network and then on a more kind of immediate front it's like your training partner your uh, we call our, our uki that's a person who would take the take okay. the break falls when they get in front so if you have someone who's willing to work with, like you've probably both got the same same goals but you have to have someone who's yeah, a good good training partner. They're going to show up to training. Yeah. They're not going to leave you hanging. You know, they're, going to be, they're inconsistent showing up for training. You're going to have to find a better training partner who's reliable. Yeah, they have to be reliable and, um, 
yeah, I think that's good. Abby, I've got a common goal as well. Yeah, like there's almost like a, an agreement or it's an unspoken agreement. Like, right, when we do rounds, we're both going to absolutely go for it and uh, to help each other get better and better. get better. And mm-hmm. you know, and also, and also help you back up the off the mat, like you talked about before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that person could lift you back off the yeah. mat and say, like, let's do this again. Yeah, you need somebody who's, who's well, and more often than not, especially in Canada, your training partner, you're going to be fighting next week in that provincial, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, same thing when it's go time, like it was like that for me. My training partner and me were our training partners. Like we grew up together as kids. Sure. We fought each other all, all the time. time. Yeah. But Matt Hajmea fight all in. No no worries except who's gonna win this fight after. Big hug. Thanks, brother. See you on Monday. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we carried on. There was no animosity to no. You know, just because you got this one, well, I'm coming for you next time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having a good Yuki, good training partner as well. It's like they you want somebody to be hard, like tough on you. Like I used to, David Groom, like mm-hmm. we were each other's train. We used to train each, with each other daily. Like we're doing a, doing a technical session and we're doing our drills down the mat or whatever. And it wasn't it was like a bad rep. You're like, oh, I'll do that again, Michael. I'll tell him. But mm-hmm. use other words, but like you know, what I mean? oh, it's terrible. <laughs> you know, like right, okay, and then but you don't take it personally. You're trying to drag each other's level up. You know, uh, likewise when we're doing strength work, I'm like, come on, get your you, you can you can talk. You say like, right, come and get your set done. So you've got your two minutes press. You have your next set. You know? Yeah. You have to like you push each other. You push each other on like that. So we did like we like a core little training like like uh, three or four of us usually training together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just kind of push push each other on and yeah, that's important. So advanced competition obviously makes you better. I mean, you're not yeah. gonna get better by beating somebody all the time. No. Yeah, and it's thing like we do like sprint drills. You do like we do like hill sprints a bit. Like you do it on your own. Like yeah, you work hard, but it's not the same as doing it against it's not. someone. You just can't as hard as you think you're going. If someone's just like like chasing your heels or just edging in front of you, like yes, there's just something else. It's hard to you can train hard on your own. Yeah, absolutely. as hard as you as hard as you can. But then when you put someone else there who's close to your level and you're, you know, you're chasing them down or running away from them or whatever yeah. it is, or maybe you're similar weights and you're in the gym doing your strength work, you can push, push each other. Yeah. Up. Like it's, it's hard. It's you know, different individual yeah. versus. Yeah. And this time I've had to train on my own. Like maybe we were on different, you got selected for different trips or whatever. So you're mm-hmm. on your own and it's, it's, it's doable. It's, it's not the same. You don't have the same, you don't have the same banner either it's you know compared jewels yeah. are tough sport all, all, any sport training full time is hard but like I think you have to have a laugh along the way so you need a good oh, group sure. socially as well it's not just a support it's just no, a socially a good, good point like, like we've got a left bridge for a training camp in Alberta to tomorrow like but if there's just a couple of athletes going that's going to be pretty boring eight hour trip or whatever it is but when there there's a minivan or a couple of Seven passenger vans going. There's a bit of, bit of chat going. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's funny. You can listen to them yeah. talking nonsense to each other. Quite funny. Switch the radio off. Listen to the stupid stuff. Yeah, entertaining. One of the perks of the job. Yeah. Uh, so Michael, I want to want to end off with kind of a send off and a bit of a question for you. I guess you know, as coaches, I think unanimously, no matter what you're coaching, whether it's sales executive, judo, hockey, whatever, you know. Every coach wants to see progression in our athletes, but as far as like the rewardingness of our own development, 
uh, with your new journey uh, come come June here as the Wales national coach. You know, is that like is there like a big gratification you get from that to like have new opportunities to coach different groups and and kind of expand your coaching resume? Yeah, no, it's um, certainly very fortunate. Um, I think yeah, it's very it's an exciting and a daunting prospect going into a new mm-hmm. environment. This will be the third time I've gone into a new in, new environment as a coach. I guess I was Judo Scotland, Judo Saskatchewan, and and now uh, Wales um, in, in June when I start there. So no, it's um, yeah, it is, it is very I'm trying to think, yeah, reward, it is very it's a rewarding job and it's something I feel very. Uh, very honoured to have worked with Judo Scotland, which is a strong, strong judo nation, and mm-hmm. then uh, Saskatchewan. It's been, you know, been able to like lead lead a team. I take a lot of pride in that, you know, and it'll be the same in same in Wales. You know, and you build a lot of like in Scotland and Saskatchewan. All you know, you build those connections. Even like after I left Scotland, I've been here in Saskatchewan. Obviously, you know send the odd message to an athlete and you see them on the circuit like oh yeah see them get a nice arm lock or something oh nice nice juju whatever <laughs> comes with it you know I'm always always yeah but it's been nice to be able to keep keep in touch with as best yeah. I can with the athletes and coaches and I hope it's the same again when I leave uh, Saskatchewan the connections and rapport are built with coaches and athletes and mm-hmm. the, the parents of the athletes so I hope that Mm-hmm. That's something that doesn't go away. So it's been, um, no, it's been, yeah, very, very rewarding. And I think after announcing that I'll be moving to to Wales to take the position there, like some of the messages I got from the athletes and parents and coaches were very like I was kind of take taken aback. I didn't realize I didn't quite realize the impact I'd, I'd had, and I was very like I was like. Nearly one mm-hmm. enough reading some of the messages, yeah. but uh, <laughs> to be given the opportunity to have that impact on like young young athletes uh, is um, yeah something I'll never take for granted. It's that kind Fantastic. of reminds reminds you why you do it. So, like, yeah. you know you're like oh like you know because it's it's hard, it's a hard job at times. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know it can be a grind, and you're like oh. mm-hmm. you know when you get when you know it's appreciated and. Yeah, you know you're you're helping someone. That's uh, that's a very fulfilling thing for me. So that's awesome. The, yeah. the delayed gratification of coaching. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. Uh, Michael, this was awesome, and yeah. you know, on behalf of Hive Nation, Judo Sask, and myself as as a friend of yours, like best of luck in Wales, and before that, best of luck to the team Sask at nationals in a yeah. couple of weeks oh, here. Yes, on the corner. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, oh, Michael, awesome. I appreciate it. No. Thank you very much. No, thank you. No, thanks for having me on. I like what you guys are doing. I watch you follow you on social media and stuff. So oh, appreciate nice to, that. Nice to be in there. Where can our viewers media. find you? Um, oh, my social media game is terrible. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, uh, I'm on um, yeah, it's Facebook, Michael, Michael Holy. Okay, and, yeah. Um, yeah, I've got Instagram. Is a Judo Sask HP is my, my Instagram. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's um, too, yeah. Too ancient to have a Snapchat. I tried Snapchat, Snapchat, but I just can't. Yeah, too many, too many things going on there. But yeah, that's the best, best place to find me. Michael, Michael, no, thank you. Hot Nation, we're out.